Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, so here we go for another episode of Pixels. There's a lot to discuss and I'm going to be doing it alone this week again. Uh, scheduling is a little bit complicated, but uh, it's still a lot of fun to discuss all of this and uh, try to look inside and behind the news and try to uh, see what we understand of this wonderful industry that we all love. My name is Patrick Beja, and we're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the Xbox Series X showcase, quote-unquote gameplay showcase. We're also going to be talking about Xbox Series X price predictions. Uh, I should be using air quotes with this as well. Um, the Unreal Engine 5 reveal uh, with Jeff Keighley, which was really interesting. Some uh, PlayStation 5 render like gameplay render images from a demo and a bunch of other things news for uh, uh upcoming games and uh for events and a lot of stuff so let's just jump right in with the i guess i can uh put together the assassin's creed valhalla reveal and the xbox series x gameplay showcase from the new version of the Xbox Insider monthly um, stream that they do. It's It was, I think, if you're interested in the industry, you already know that it was a disappointment. And it was a disappointment for, I guess, all the wrong reasons. It was really about setting expectations, which wasn't done correctly by neither Microsoft nor uh, Ubisoft. And that really, I think, is a stark reminder of how important communication is and marketing is and that it's not something that is superfluous and that should be handled very carefully because beyond the fact that we were expecting gameplay and we were hoping for big reveals from big games, from big publishers, which are the uh, uh, driving force behind the desire to purchase these new consoles, which we want to want to purchase, um, but we still need to be given a reason to, to uh, plunk down our money, uh, even if some of us will do it no matter what, it will change whether we do it uh, enthusiastically or kind of whatever Lee. So uh, that's, that's an important distinction. And this is all driven by communication and marketing. And in this case, they had promised stuff or implied stuff that we didn't really see. They said, first gameplay showcase for the next generation. And this was going to be the opening salvo for this upcoming incredibly powerful uh, series of consoles. And in, in, instead, what we ended up getting was 
uh, a lot of independent slash double A studios showcasing in engine cinematics, essentially, which has great value in and of itself, um, but is not what we were expecting. And is certainly not as exciting as seeing uh, a character moving on screen with UI and like seeing a little bit of a glimpse of what the actual experience of playing games on those new consoles is going to be like. So we didn't get any of the big games, the big, you know, third-party things like Call of Duty or even things like FIFA or sports games, which I'm not into, but are big uh, system sellers, um, or any of those big things. Even Assassin's Creed Odyssey, or <laughs> Odyssey is the one I've been playing a lot of because I'm excited for Valhalla, which is the actual thing we saw. There was a cinematic a few days before, and uh, what they showed uh, towards the end of the show, which they, ke which they kept teasing, inside the show itself even... Um, was another, like, in-engine cinematic. It wasn't gameplay at all. And both Ubisoft and uh, Microsoft have acknowledged that they uh, didn't manage expectations well. Uh, hopefully, they will do a better job of that uh, in, in the upcoming Xbox Insiders. But this is pretty much the consensus from everyone, including Microsoft themselves. They didn't handle this properly. And so I was saying, even beyond the fact that we didn't get what we were hoping for, this is the first misstep, I think, for Microsoft in promoting that uh, next generation of consoles. And it's not an unsurmountable misstep, but it is definitely a missed opportunity because they could have owned the beginning of uh, showing us what is going to be available and they didn't and that's too bad because they had done such a good job until now with the you know all of the constraints that uh, are upon the communication so the there there was still some interesting stuff a lot of dark grimy horror uh, uh, stuff. For some reason, it seems the entirety of the energy and power of that console uh, is going into making uh, a horror movie level nightmare uh, games. Not it, there were a few others, but um, it 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 got a little bit heavy by the end of it. And they even acknowledged it in the beginning. They said it can power your dreams. Or nightmares, because I think it felt like it was a little bit heavy. Um, but there were some interesting stuff, some uh, graphically impressive things, definitely. Um, there was, however, another thing that was disappointing, or not disappointing, but missed opportunity, the communication on exclusives. There were two or three games out of the ones we saw that have exclusive elements. And they didn't say that during the, the thing. And I don't know why, because of course, exclusives are what sell your consoles. And it might have been because Microsoft has been pushing the idea that, oh, your games should be available everywhere. And, and we don't like closed ecosystems, which of course, once they showcase their own first party things, they're all gonna be exclusives to, exclusive to the Xbox and PC. But it, there's kind of a... Uh, walking back the idea that openness is awesome for every, everyone, 
Um, and in every case, or at least that might have been the reasoning why they didn't say more clearly that there were some exclusives. I don't know why. Honestly, they should have. But uh, I, I'm trying to understand why they would have chosen not to do so. And that's the only explanation I can come up with, which is still not a very good explanation. So um, there was that. And there was also the optimized for Xbox Series X label, which also we ended up not knowing really what it was because it's so fuzzy. Uh, we do have a chart, but the chart is disappointing and fuzzy as well. Um, in the chart, every game uh, checks different boxes in uh, you know the characteristics, and some of the games can get a optimized uh, for Series X label if they have um, things like uh, um, oh, what's the name of the delivery thing? Optimized delivery, super delivery. Uh, happy delivery. <laughs> I, I don't remember now, it's escaping me, but they, some of the games are label optimized, even if they don't have HDR or 4K or that kind of thing, um, which uh, that's disappointing because you expect uh, the games to, that will have that label to, you know, uh, check a certain number of characteristics. 4K HDR would be a minimum and it's absolutely not the case. We also... Um, learned later that Assassin's Creed Valhalla was going to be targeting at least 30 FPS on Series X, which also is kind of a slap in the face in the, of the people who were hoping or were expecting that what Microsoft had been saying, uh, which is 4K 60 FPS is going to be possible on Series X because it's so powerful, you know, 12 teraflops, etc., etc., and of course, on one hand, uh, it's the beginning of the, the cycle. Maybe optimization is not there. Uh, on the other hand, <clears throat> um, 4K 60 FPS is a lot of power. Like on PC, you don't get that often at all <laughs> um, because it, it's, it's very demanding. So the more complex your game is geometrically, um, the more polygons you're pushing, the less easy it's going to be to get 4K at 60 FPS. Um, and that might be a reality going forward, that not all games are going to have 60 FPS, at least in 4K, which, you know, it's, yeah, it, it brings us back down to earth um, for those who were hoping that 60 FPS was going to be everywhere all the time. Um, it's just a lever you can push. And there are tricks that you can... Uh, play to to increase the the number of uh, frames per second but they're not absolute and the one of the lever is uh fluidity another one is graphical complexity etc etc so the the ones who demand 60 fps and who can't play a game if it's not 60 fps first of all 4k 60 is going to be difficult to achieve no matter what um but they might be disappointed period so and, and given that that is the promise of Series X, one of the promises, it was another point of disappointment. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about the games, first of all, because honestly, there was nothing mind-blowing in the games that were presented, uh, which is part of the disappointment. So there were some interesting stuff, some hor horror things, um, some <laughs> Geiger nightmare uh, in... in uh, 
Alien Style with Scorn, which was probably the most notable one, which isn't exclusive, by the way. Uh, but overall, there was nothing that is as interesting as discussing that, um, you know, the, the structure of the insider. Uh, what I do want to say, though, or emphasize, is that this is not something they can't recover from, obviously. It's a small misstep, and as soon as we start seeing bigger games and exclusive games and first-party games, this is going to be forgotten. Um, so I wouldn't be too worried about Microsoft right now. It's just that it's a missed opportunity. But they will have others. We're uh, supposedly going to get another Xbox Insider, well, in June, but also in July, we're going to see the first party showcase. And that's going to be a big one. Um, and by the way, they have abandoned, finally, the format they had uh, before for those Insider, which were like a crowd screaming and yelling in a, in a uh, you know, hysterical fashion almost uh, for every phrase they would say. Um, so they are going more the uh, quote-unquote Nintendo Direct standard uh, format that everyone else is using and for good reason. So um, yeah, that's, that's good news. Um, all right. The other thing I wanted to discuss was this prediction that Michael Pachter, Pachter, uh, Pachter <laughs> made uh, on a discussion with Jeff Keighley on the Summer of Games, Summer Game Fest uh, series, that he believes the Xbox Series X will be. <sighs> there we go with the yawning. Um, yeah, it's difficult to talk a lot when you're tired, and my son, even though, so this is Patrick's son's segment, um, he's back at daycare, woohoo, I am, I love him more than life itself, but, uh, I'm also very happy when he's <laughs> not at home all the time, and he's back at daycare starting today, uh, hopefully nothing crazy happens there and he can stay there, um, but, to celebrate the, that, he woke me up uh, in the middle of the night for three hours, almost, tonight, so I'm still uh, exhausted. But I'm still doing the show as well, and as I did last time, I'm going to stop acknowledging the yawning and just yawn. Sorry, uh, this is life right now. Um, so... The uh, Pashter uh, uh, suggested that uh, the Series X might be 400 bucks, And he actually makes a pretty seduce, seducing, uh, a seductive argument for it, which is Microsoft really wants to take no chances and make sure that Sony uh, doesn't get an opportunity to one-up them this generation as well. And they have the cash. And that is absolutely the case. Microsoft is a big corporation that has a lot of money and uh, that has more money than Sony as a corporation. So they have a war chest. Let's say they decide to eat 100 bucks of the manufacturing cost of the Series X on every device and price it lower by essentially subsidizing it themselves. 100 bucks on the first um million units that's a hundred million dollars it's not a huge amount for microsoft they could only uh, even subsidize you know five million half a billion for microsoft they could do it. it it is completely conceivable that they would do that or even more you know if it's if the the manufacturing cost is higher than this um 
So the, the argument could make sense, and I, I don't think we can completely dismiss it out of hand. However, there are also a, a number of arguments against it. Um, as it stands, they're already uh, subsidizing the, probably, we don't know the price, but they're probably already subsidizing or eating some of the costs. Um, and, and, and it's not like Microsoft is a charity and they want to give you money to um, buy their console or too much of it. So there is a, a balance there to find. Um, it's also the fact that um, the they probably have another console coming, the Series S, which would be difficult to price if they it was uh, the the Series X was four hundred bucks, especially if the um, Xbox One X is currently is it still five hundred? I think it is. Um, so it would be unlikely that um, the Series X would be cheaper than the Xbox One X, um, or at least the. Oh, it, it is lower now, the One X. Uh, it's 100 bucks lower. But it was, when it was first launched, uh, more expensive than that. Um, the S, if the X is priced at 400 the S would need to be 300 Which, honestly, if they do that at that point, it's kind of game over. Not game over, because the exclusive games still are the driving force behind purchasing consoles. But it would be a really big play, especially since the strength of uh, Microsoft is the the Game Pass, and that would be bundled <laughs> all over, especially the Series S. And it would be like, you buy this, you might even uh, get a, a plan like the Xbox, what is it, like All Access Edition, <laughs> uh, where you only pay it monthly and you pay like 30 bucks a month. And you get access, you get the console plus uh, a year of Game Pass, and you have all of those games that are immediately available to you. That is a, an incredibly interesting um, uh, uh, proposition. But then you don't need to price it unreasonably low. Um, it, it again, it is possible, but it it seems unlikely that they would go that far down the line, especially since the first few months, uh, the release period, uh, uh, window are probably going to see all of the consoles sold out. Um, the, the people who want to buy them will go and buy them, even at a higher price than this. And so it seems like you would really... I, I get back to the charity argument. Microsoft isn't a charity, and there's no reason for them to price it lower than they need to if they know that all of them are going to be bought anyway at a higher price. Um, so, And there are a number of other arguments, but I think those make it um, pretty unlikely that we're going to see a Series X at 400 bucks. Uh, again, unlikely is not impossible, so we'll see what happens. But um, let's say they will probably have to f uh, 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 factor in the PlayStation 5 price, which, of course, Sony is factoring in the potential uh, Series X and Series S price. Um, so it's, a, again, a game of chicken there. But bottom line is my money is still on cheaper Series S, middle-of-the-road PS5, uh, and more expensive Series X. But we'll see what happens. 
Um, oh, and now the Unreal Engine 5 reveal, which just happened yesterday uh, during the Summer Games Fest, uh, which I don't... Did we talk about this last time? It might have been announced um, between last episode and, and now. Um, it's Jeff Keighley who puts together or binds together a series of announcements that were planned anyway from May to August uh, in a with a label that he had already used for other things in the past, and that label is Summer Game Fest. And um, it's not, it's a very loose um, label nomenclature for all of the announcements that have been spread out from E3. Uh, and that will happen, well, it's already started, and it will go until August, which is very, very likely Gamescom and what they're doing online to replace Gamescom. Um, so it's almost possible to miss them because the events themselves, or at least the big ones, don't seem to be labeling themselves as part of the Summer Game Fest. But it, it's, it seemed like a little bit of a bigger thing when he first announced it. But it seems like it's uh, Keeley tagging along to what is already uh, existing in a very clever way so that he kind of benefits from all of it. Um, but we'll you know, we'll see how involved it is uh, later in uh, the year as the events uh, kind of ramp up a little bit and we see more of them and bigger events. But uh, yeah, Summer Games Fest is replacing everything. Tokyo Game Show has been cancelled. There will be something online. Paris Games Week has been cancelled. There won't be something online. Um, but we already are starting to see, um, we're going to see a uh, cyberpunk thing and EA uh, on June 11, I believe. There's something from Ubisoft, Ubisoft Forward in July, and there's going to be a bunch of things there. So um, yeah, the E3 replacement is still very much alive as an online thing that is spread over months. Um, and yeah, I, I still would like to see a cluster of them around the week of E3, which isn't necessarily going to happen, but I still want that excitement. But it seems the big ones are spreading themselves out. So, Although the rumor of the Sony thing on June 4th with uh, EA on June 11 might give us a week there. Uh, there's actually the Guerrilla Collective, which is small independent studios that are doing stuff from uh, on June 6th, and there are others until June 8th. That week might be the one, but uh, we'll see. So anyway, the Unreal Engine 5 reveal, which was uh, done during that Summer Game Fest uh, stream, which is just a conversation, was the first showcase of PlayStation 5 in-engine gameplay of a demo, but still gameplay. And that is a stark difference with what we've seen from Microsoft, uh, because it is actual an actual character in-game um, moving, being controlled by a controller, and showcasing some of the strengths of that new system. And uh, the, the developers from Epic were saying this is actual live feed, not live, but like a, a actual feed from the HDMI port of the PlayStation 5 dev kit. It's not like this is what we think we are targeting for Xbox uh, Series X. It's not some cinematic type of thing. It's a demo, which... Of course, you have to take with a grain of salt, but it's still actual th 
things that the console is rendering. Um, it's a dev kit, so things might change, but at this point, it's safe to assume that the dev kits are pretty final. Um, so it should look, that demo will look like that on the final product, more or less. And what we see is <laughs> a metric ton of triangles. There is so much detail, so much detail. It is extremely impressive how much detail there is. Um, the They have, uh, uh, I'm not going to go into the technical aspects because, well, first of all, I understand, I think, most of the gist, but I'm not an expert and I don't understand all of the technicalities of it, but I'm technical enough that I know what they're talking about, but it's not necessarily the most interesting part. Um, the interesting part is the fact that the geometry is so much more refined than it has been uh, in the current generation, which is to be expected with a generational leap, but that level of fine detail is not, I think, um, the, the kind of level that we were expecting that much. Um, or maybe we didn't know what to expect, but it is impressive even knowing that it's coming, that it's a jump uh, from one generation to the next. The, the number of polygons that are being pushed is impressive. Um, the, the detail on the caves and the sculptures and the carvings is impressive. The lighting, I would say, is impressive, but uh, as we kind of described before, ray tracing is cool, but I haven't seen something that is so incredible that it makes me forget that we have had tricks for lighting for years that kind of achieved an impressive result anyway. I, I haven't seen that and this demo makes cool lighting but it's not something where I go oh my god wow this is so crazy. The other uh, as impressive as it is and it is um, the other thing which I couldn't help but notice was we already had pretty impressive... Like, when I look at Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I dove back I dove back into a little bit last week and this week, um, it is very impressive already. And I think when you get close to things, you see the textures being a little bit blurry or you see some of the geometry being a little bit too uh, stark. But it's still something that is very impressive. And I don't think... I think it's... Um, the level of detail that we're seeing in the epic uh, demo is impressive when you take the time to notice that it's impressive. I don't know that in the middle of gameplay uh, you will pay that much attention, but we'll see what happens then. But um, I'm torn between, yes, it's impressive technically, but will I care when the game is running, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, but we'll see. And, and the more interesting thing even than the impressive nature of the rendering is the emphasis they put on the PlayStation 5 SSD speed, which has, you know, been described as the great strength of that console. And... When Keeley, I actually was happy that he pushed for this, he asked about uh, the doability of this on an Xbox One Series X. They skirted around the question and they clearly did not want to answer it clearly. Um, which brings us to the question about third-party games, which are going to have to run 
on all platforms, uh, does it mean that if the Series X's SSD, which is slower than the one on the PS5, can't do the streaming of assets as fast, then what do you do with your game if you know that it's going to need to run on those lower specs? Same thing, but we're used to it. Same thing with the uh, graphical capabilities, the row numbers, the 12 teraflops to less teraflops. Um, it's And that is a question they didn't want to answer. They said that Epic's uh, Unreal Engine 5 will scale, and they kept saying it scales down to mobile games, which it does. But then it's kind of like, how do you scale that if it's something that only that console can do structurally with the SSD? Um, if you build for this capability, it's difficult to scale it down. I guess you could by lowering the fidelity of the assets so that it can stream them fast enough. I guess that's the answer, um, even with a lower speed. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. The the It sounded like they were saying this specifically is only possible on PlayStation 5. Although, honestly, it all looked one color and uh, it didn't seem like there were a lot of assets being streamed, even in the section where she's flying th through the environment um, very quickly. And I, I will say that does look a little, little bit like a gimmick. Like, okay, we can stream assets from the SSD so fast we can do it live in gameplay. So what do we do? We rush through the environment if we're flying or swinging through the city as Spider-Man. But again, does that actual, does that serve gameplay? I don't know that it does. How is that? Like, unless you build gameplay for this feature, which is not the best way of building gameplay, in my opinion, most of the time, I'm not sure how it serves the game. And these are questions I'm asking because I like being a nag. Uh, I don't think they're invalid questions, but I still think the game was, or the demo was impressive. So, yeah, take from that what you will. Um, another thing is that they're making, even more important in my opinion, uh, they are finally launching Epic, uh, that is, the their online services, which is a way of implementing into your game, uh, cross-play, cross-save, cross-friends list, etc., etc., between all the different ecosystems, which that is what I want. That is what I want. Um, and, and they're releasing this for free, and this is awesome, and I hope every game going forward has these kinds of things, at least multiplayer games. And of course, games that are not uh, exclusive to one console because then you don't really need crossplay. But um, yeah, I want this for everything. And it's finally happening. Um, oh, and talking about PlayStation 5, Sony reconfirmed once again during their uh, investors call that it is still on track for a 2020 launch. And they said that uh, PlayStation now has, PlayStation 4 now has 110 million units sold which is crazy well it's not crazy we knew it it's heading that way but it's still a very impressive number for a console i believe only the wii u the, i'm sorry the wii and the playstation 2 and uh maybe the ds went over a hundred million let me check that uh, console sales numbers there's a wikipedia article 
um, which is very well done, which summarizes all of this. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very small club. Um, we did 100 million. PlayStation, the original one, did 102. Uh, PlayStation 4 is now at, at 110. You have to get to Game Boy to go higher, 112. DS did 150, 154. Um, which is insane. And PlayStation 2 did 155 million. That is the most any console has been sold. Um, over 155 million, that was the PlayStation 4. So uh, PlayStation 4, uh, I'm sorry, PlayStation 2. PlayStation 4 is already the fourth best-selling console in the history of video games. Um, it is likely that it will overtake the Game Boy, uh, the Game Boy, by the end of its life cycle. Uh, Game Boy, if you count Game Boy Color with it, um, which is a very large lifespan, is just shy of 120 million. So it's likely PlayStation 4 will overtake it, but it's unlikely it will overtake the Nintendo DS, which did 154 million. Um, I think again the DS is a. a, a bit tricky because there are so many different models uh, of course playstation 4 has the pro as well and and the slim i suppose is there a playstation slim a playstation 4 slim i think there is um yes there is of course but um but it's not as many of the ds with the dsi ds what how many were there of the ds and a, a, a sizable number i think um and dsi xl and all of those Although maybe it's the same number of, of uh, different SKUs as possible. Um, but anyway, that, that is besides the point. Uh, the P PS4 is selling well, and we knew that, but it's selling well. Um, oh, game news. The, <laughs> uh, the less liked Iron Man VR also has a release date. It's July... Is it fourth? I believe uh, it's coming out July, early July. Um, we were. I was joking that no one cares about it because no one uh, asked. It's the third, so you can uh, be happy, uh, screaming USA as you play uh, Tony Stark slash Iron Man on Independence Day. Um, Ghost of Tsushima is getting an extended look tonight. Uh, you, it's. You can go watch it now, probably, if you're listening to this, a few hours after it's been published. Um, and uh, it, I'm curious to see what it is, of course, because we haven't seen any gameplay, any actual gameplay of Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, as a reminder, it's coming out in um, July as well. So that will be the last of the PlayStation 4 first-party titles. Um and uh, it's a 20 minutes uh, in-depth look that we're going to get from Sony. And the last thing is that uh, lovely PlayStation Studios branding trailer. It, it looks like the Marvel Studios thing. It's going to be the first party games which get a kind of little intro um, with, uh, you know, to show you that this is a PlayStation Studios game under one umbrella, uh, which is you know, kind of, it's kind of cool. It looks all right. Uh, a little bit of a flex on Sony's part, but they should because this is their great strength. So um, yeah, pretty cool. 
Um, I think that is about it. Uh, we're getting remasters of Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater 1 and 2 of the Mafia trilogy. trilogy. Uh, there's Steam that might be putting in place a uh, uh, reward system. Uh, there are some um, uh, database uh, inspection that are showing this might be happening. Um, I do want to mention something about The Elder Scrolls VI, which uh, Pete Hines on Twitter said, this is, you are not seeing this for years. He said, um, on uh, answering a question on Twitter, he said, it's after Starfield, which you pretty much know nothing about. So if we're coming at me, if you're coming at me for details now and not years from now, I'm failing to properly manage your expectations. And I would say to Pete Hines uh, that yes, you are failing to manage the expectations because you showed a cinematic trailer two years ago at E3. And at the time I was kind of angry about it because it is, I was saying marketing is very important earlier, and it is. And this is a marketing trick that angers me very much. When you show just the name of a game that people are hoping you will get, and uh, with a, a cinematic thing that is in no way representative of anything of that game, because you don't have anything of that game, um, it, it, it is a trick to get people happy when you don't have anything else. And maybe even you don't have any other games to show, which might have been the case back in 2018. I think that was when they were showing um, Fallout 76, which we all know how that turned out. So in the context of last year, when, uh, well, not last year, two years ago, when Blizzard didn't show Diablo 4, that was what I was arguing that I didn't want them to do something like just showing a slide with Diablo 4 written on it if they didn't have anything to show and if it was years away which it might have been um and 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 you know I don't want that because it's a trick it is more on the lying side than um general marketing speak and which again, I don't think marketing is lying. It's it's an important way of communicating with your audience. And anyone who says, "Ah, oh, marketing can be bad," but it can be good, and it is important. In this case, I think it's but bad marketing, um, because again, you showed it in twenty eighteen, and now you're saying it's years away. So not before twenty twenty two, let's say minimum. Uh, 2023, possibly even later. What did you do in 2018? And people were happy about it. I guess you distribute joy. That's always positive. But it was still giving people the impression that this is coming when in reality we have no idea. Well, it will be coming at some point, but we have no idea what it is. So anyway, the argument has been made many times and that's where I fall on it. And this later, latest tweet kind of solidified my impression that I'm sorry, this is not cool. Um, and that's about it for a shorter episode of Pixels. I hope you enjoyed the time we spent together. Uh, I didn't yawn again, which I'm very proud of. 
Um, and uh, if you want to uh, say hello or follow me, you can do so on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. I'm not Patrick on all of those platforms. Um, you can also come to frenchspin.com to comment on everything I just said. And uh, that's it. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, I won't be alone that time. But uh, if scheduling is difficult, then maybe I will. And hopefully, it will be fun. Anyway, I thank you very much for listening and talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye.